I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a milli every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a triple threat on my show. This woman is a nominated act, Emmy-nominated actress, excuse me. It's a singer, a dancer. Ladies and gentlemen, Shanti Larry. Aww, How are you thank doing you for today? having me. Great intro. I love it. Oh, man, you thank don't you. thank me. You earned it. Uh, you know what? Thank you. That's true. I, I, you're right. I did. And uh, you, people should stop being so grateful for things that they work really hard for. They should right. just feel blessed. And exactly. I do. Exactly. You're right. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. It's a beautiful day, and I get to do this fun interview. I'm doing great. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you made it. I know our schedules were conflicting. You were so yes. busy, yes. you know, but thank God we made it today. But sleep is for billionaires, so mm -hmm. we're here, right? That's right. We're not there yet. We're not billionaires yet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I like yeah. the energy, man. Now, but I just want to say, you know, you don't know me from a hole in the wall. You know, I feel honored and blessed to be interviewing to you today, and uh Thank you for um, contributing to my dream. You know, absolutely, like it's a pleasure, truly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, pretty much, again, the show is about getting insider information for those looking to be in your position. So, you being this magnificent triple threat that you are, you know, I just kind of want to go through a timeline of, you know, where this entrepreneur fire came from to even get into this business. But you know, let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from Boulder, Colorado which is, um, it's a bigger town now, but when I grew up, it was a pretty small town and it had a lot of small town vibes and, um, and, and sometimes small town thinking. Like nothing really happened there, you would say? Like small town? Not that nothing happened, but it's the kind of place where, you know, your grocer knows your name, you know, people know your business. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, because I looked very different than everyone else around, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a wholly positive experience for me, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you when you say it wasn't positive, it was just like a lot of like crime and. No. Because like, um, I'm from the Bronx. And I know. I was, <laughs> I, when not you say all. that, I'm thinking you're the like, Bronx, oh, right? okay, yeah, I'm I guess I have to. I gotta be more specific. Um, no, so my mother's white and my father is black, mm -hmm. and um, Colorado is is just white. I went to a school of 600 kids in elementary school, and my brother and I were the only like non-white people that went there for a very long time okay um and then when one moved um <laughs> this really sweet dark-skinned kid like moved with an african accent mm. he moved into the school and everyone's like oh your brother your brother's at school and i was like what, what the hell is that supposed to mean right? no but the, <laughs> no, the thing is that they genuinely it wasn't even kids trying to be mean. It was mm. like we were so different and we were this other category that this new other came in and so you must be related to him. Mm. Even though I, he felt as other to me as, as anything else. I mean, he was from Africa. He had an African accent. He had a totally different experience of life than I did. Yeah. Um, but that was the kind of thing I was up against. It, mm. was, it was just small-minded, I think, for the most part. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes, you know, yeah. but you made it out. I did. You know, I, I did. When, when did you, uh, well, before we even talk about when you decided to leave, you know, yeah. during that time w with school, you know, what were you studying? You kind of just growing up, you know, eighth, ninth grade, like stuff like that. Yeah, I was always really, um, I always loved school. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I guess I excelled at it because I liked it. 
Um, so I graduated early and when that happened, I had this big decision to make because I had an opportunity to go to Yale. Um, I had an mm. opportunity to dance with Alvin Ailey, which is a really prestigious um, ballet company in New York. It's specific, it's the, the highest honor for someone who looks like me mm -hmm. because the ballet companies at the time were really not hiring brown or black um, ballerinas. So mm. I had, you know, the opportunity to do that and then Yale to me is the pinnacle. The elite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then at the same time, I just knew that none of that was what I really wanted. I always had this dream of moving to Los Angeles mm. and I, people ask me if I always wanted to be an actress and it's really more, I, I just wanted to tell stories mm. and I definitely wanted to act in them. Um, I love dancing because I get to tell stories. Um, I wanted to create and produce them and direct them. I just wanted to be a part of telling stories that I felt were not being told, like mine. Yeah. Um, I never got to see anyone who looked like me or had my experience on TV and I thought, you know, maybe I could be the first. Mm. So with that, in that moment where I had all of these really big opportunities, I also had a chance to sign with an LA agent, which was the smallest of the opportunities, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just, okay, you'll get an agent. Um, and So what they, can they do for you? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they weren't offering to do anything other than, like, we'll represent you. Right. Um, which is still awesome because it takes a long time for people to get there sometimes, but... My mother was the one who helped me see what I really wanted out of the situation, which was, you know, she has a PhD and all of my family has multiple PhDs and mm. I was expecting her to say, like, you'll be going to Yale, right. you know, there's no question. And she was like, are you kidding me? Go to L.A. The school will be there later. You can dance, you know, out in L.A. and you can also pursue this other dream that will not be there if you don't go for it right now. Correct. And, um, yeah, correct. Mm. And. A lot of parents don't don't push their kids in the right direction in that moment, and I think she really did. Um, so I moved to LA with an agent, and I dropped everything else. Wow! So a lot of this that early entrepreneur, you know, um, tenacity that yeah. you had came from your parents. Oh, you would say. definitely. What definitely. did they do if you don't mind me asking? Um, I wasn't raised with my father, um, and he's passed away, and I, I really didn't. No, it's it's. Uh, I didn't know him as well as I wish that I could have. I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but my mother is a teacher, was a teacher, she's retired. Mm. She was a special ed teacher for a lot of years, um, and then she became, she got her master's in um, autism specialties, and I, I always worked with her. I was always like her teacher's assistant too, so I have such a passion for teaching and such a passion for autism and um, just kids in general. I think kids are wonderful, and they teach you so much about yourself, and they make you push yourself because when you tell a kid what you know is the right way to do it, mm -hmm. you feel like such a hypocrite if you don't then do it the right way. Exactly. So it pushes you to be a better person, you know. Now it's cool that you that you like teaching so much. I, I see you played a teacher. Didn't you play teacher in a school of rock? Oh, I did. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I played the music teacher. Yeah, I did yeah. my homework. You did I do did. your homework. I was gonna say no. I've never played a teacher. <laughs> How was it working with Jack Black? Was he like oh. funny? He was amazing. How was he? Do you know what I? I did School of Rock, the TV show on Nickelodeon, and Jack Black is not part of that. But I actually did work with Jack Black mm. um, when I was a dancer. I did the MTV Movie Awards, um, and it was back when it was a really big, cool thing. I don't know if you guys remember this, yeah, but it I was do. it was hot, right? Yeah. It was like every movie star, A-list movie stars, mm -hmm. had to go. Like they might not have wanted to, but they had to go to the MTV Movie Awards. Right. And uh, the year 
that Jack Black hosted with Sarah Michelle Gellar. See, mm -hmm. you can do your homework. You can mm -hmm. go back and check this out. Yeah. I was one of the lead dancers. And mm -hmm. so Jack Black and I rehearsed for like three weeks together on all of the, the different numbers we did. And he is genuinely so talented and so hardworking. I say this because I've worked with a lot of comedians. And comedians are oftentimes really insecure. And, really? Mm, mm. and very... Um, the energy of being around a comedian is almost never fun. Mm. Isn't that weird? Very. Because they're so insecure and they are constantly like feeling that they need to make a joke and change the situation. It's always like this really awkward Trying energy. Trying to make people laugh. Yes, and they can't just ever just be themselves. So if the energy is, the attention's not on them, mm. it's very awkward. Um, and that was my experience with so many of the different comedians that we worked with specifically on um, the MTV Movie Awards. And Jack was the opposite. For instance, we were doing this this sketch where he needed to um, like make fun of ballet dancing. And instead of what most comedians would do, which is just come in and be silly and not pay attention, he was like, Shanti, teach me everything. I, I want to know exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so we learned the, the correct way to do the whole thing. And then he said, now what are the biggest mistakes that people make? And he went through and he like added that in. He, he approached it. I just, I appreciated the way that he approached it so um, seriously before he then went and made it so hilarious. It was right. one of the funniest sketches I've ever seen. And just, I didn't see a lot of other comedians do that. You know, really right. take it seriously. And this is this is work. I'm doing this because this is my job. But I'm actually a person too. Yeah, he sounds like a professional. A professional. A professional. Yeah. So when you came to, when you decided to take this leap of faith and you came to LA. Yeah. What was, I know things didn't happen for you as soon as you touched down. Tell me, what were some of the uh, trials and tribulations you encountered in the beginning when it came to really chasing this this dream, because some people would be like, "All right, I'm gonna give it a month," and uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? I saw a lot of that actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I, it's hard to think back about all the trials and tribulations because some were big and some were small, and some of the small ones are the ones that rock you too, that make you want to give up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the first time that I moved out here and I needed to go to the doctor by myself, and I didn't have a doctor and I didn't know anything. Like for whatever reason. That was the day that I just was like, I want to move home. I quit. I don't, you know, I, this being an adult is really hard. Um, it's, it's so sometimes it was the small things, um, just feeling like you, I guess, because you're constantly having to push forward on your dream, right? You're constantly having to tell people you're worthy, you're good enough, you're gonna work hard enough. You're always proving yourself mm -hmm. that even mundane things seem really exhausting sometimes, mm -hmm. and so. I think the biggest struggle I had was placing roots here and realizing that while I wanted to grow my career, I also needed to, to grow my personal life and feel solid here, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I was out every day pushing for my dream and then I came home to nothing, mm -hmm. to unhappy, to sitting on the couch alone, um, which a lot of people do, right? Because they put all their energy into their dream. But then you're so you sad. Have no foundation at you have home. no foundation and you have nothing that's gonna fuel you for the next day. How did that make you feel at that moment in time? Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard. It was about a year and a half, in all honesty, of just feeling like I didn't know where I belonged. Every day was a struggle. Every moment was a struggle. You don't even have a place to go and relax. Um, and then I found my family, which, you know, it, it takes time, especially in LA. I think a lot of people, it gets a bad rap for, um, people feel that they don't have enough community. But I think 
that's not necessarily true. It just takes time to find your community here. And once you do, it's wonderful. But we're all very spread out, mm -hmm. and we all have our dreams, mm -hmm. and we all have so much going on that it takes a minute for you to find that community. And I would really suggest that even if your dream has nothing to do with other people and you know you just want to be a success on your own, do not forget that you do still need community. You need someone at the end of the day that's like, it's cool. You yeah. you didn't succeed. I still love you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mean like a, a. You don't even have to have a relationship. Sometimes it's a friend. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just your apartment and your cat or your dog, and you're like, this is my home, and I'm comfortable here. Mm -hmm. You need that too. Right. So, have you found that balance in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. I love LA. I love my family. I love my village. I love my community. You guys know. Mm -hmm. You're my village. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I really, I found it and I love it here. And I think that's why I succeed more than I did before. Mm -hmm. Because it's not the only thing in my life. It's something that I love and I would love to continue to do. And I hope more wonderful things happen. But at the end of the day, I can go home and garden. Right, right, right. That's cool. No, that's, that's cool, man. Well, I'm glad, you know, your community is adding fuel to your fire, you know, because really you're definitely does. out here killing it. I mean, Thank you're doing you. the acting, you're doing the dancing, you're doing the yeah. singing. Tell me, tell, tell me about the, um, you know, what, what opportunities that you're already acquiring do you feel are moving the most for you? You know, is it the acting or is it the dancing? Is it the music? What do you think? That's really interesting. Um, for a long time, dancing was always the thing that was easier to move forward. I had to turn down a lot of dance jobs because I was trying to focus more on acting and really put the energy into it. Um, and now I really feel like my acting is finally really pushing along. Um, I think also the interesting thing is my producing is, is the other thing that I really feel like is, is catching fire right now, which mm. I love because I really like having a hand in, in creating, like I said, and having a voice. Mm. And as a woman, as a um, non-white woman, as an actress, these are all like knocks against you in this um, industry. And each knock, they just want you to be quiet. It's mm. like, no, don't, don't speak. Just stand in the corner and, and do what you're told. Honestly, that's still how the industry is most of the time. Mm. And so to get a voice and to be able to say, I, I'm, I'm a producer, I have a right to speak in this conversation. And um, it's, it's been really nice. It's probably what's made me feel like even more fuel is, is coming and I'm, I'm ready to do more because it's nice to be heard. It's yeah. nice for people to care what you have to say. That's cool, man. So yeah. what? So as a producer, you know, what role do you uh, take as a producer? I know a producer can wear many hats. Yes, it can mean a lot of things. Mm. I, I take as many roles as they'll give me. I love, I've been in the industry a long time and um, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge on a lot of different um, aspects of, of producing. And so, for instance, Bronx SIU, I love the fact that they let me do the things that I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. um, and they- Which is kicking ass and taking names. Mm -hmm. I'm loving doing that too. <laughs> you guys, I hope you're caught up on Bronx SIU because big things are happening. Um, Bronx SIU, Amazon Prime, check it out. There's two seasons to binge watch. Um, and that's a great example of a show that uh, the character was written for me, and so I had a lot of um, opportunity to to guide the direction that I wanted her to go. Mm -hmm. um, and for once, it was a wonderful conversation where it was like, "Oh, that's a great idea, but what about this?" You know, an actual conversation, and that just blossomed into an amazing working relationship. Where you know, for instance, 
a great thing to ask a female producer on a show that she's acting in would be, which order should we do these scenes so that you don't, you don't have to spend a lot of time in hair and makeup switching things around? And that seems really common and like, oh, that would be, why wouldn't they always do that? Right. They almost never do it. Mm -hmm. And then they get to the day of the shoot and they're like, well, you've been, you've been in hair and makeup for 45 minutes. And we're like, yeah, because mm -hmm. that's how long it takes when you have to wash the whole face off because mm -hmm. you guys scheduled it this way. And we had, <laughs> these are problems that we didn't have on Bronx SIU because I was able to be a part of that conversation. Right. Well, that's awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's easy. So tell me, what, what do you plan to do with your singing career? You know, I'm excited to hear you sing. I mean, we don't have to, you don't have to bust nothing out right now, but I'm just saying, oh. you know, I was, yeah. I, I want to know, I'm interested in that because I'm into music as well. That was yeah. my first passion. I still create music as well, shoot videos, put them out. Yeah. That's really you know, cool. In English and Spanish. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's yeah, hot. I'm Dominican, really so I speak it fluently. Okay. Yeah, so what about you? Tell me about your music. You know, my music has been the the, the thing I've pursued the least. Mm. Um, I, Why is that? Um, I guess it, I just didn't have an avenue for it as easily. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, I really didn't want... Um, sorry, we're back. It's all good. No, we're back. <laughs> um, I really, I didn't want to pursue too many things and singing. I never wanted to be like a recording artist alone. Um, not that I didn't want to do that. That just wasn't one of the dreams. And since I had enough dreams, I was like, we'll leave that one alone. Yeah. Um, but I, I also didn't want to just pursue musicals because as a dancer, you can get pigeonholed into like chorus. Mm. So for that reason, I just I don't I just didn't pursue singing as much. I've ended up recording um, a single with an African rapper, mm -hmm. which was so fun, mm -hmm. and it kind of reignited my love for singing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a dance TV show coming out that, because I'm a producer and I can control it, we're gonna take the character in a way that she can uh, kind of sing a little bit as well, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of the next phase is once I get more comfortable in producing and acting that I'll maybe pursue the rest of my, my singing music career. career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel you on that. You know, like music, I've been, lately I've been pursuing it the least because more acting opportunities and podcast opportunities been, yeah. um, I've been acquiring, you know, but that's still my first love. So I still use um, like opportunities when I'm on set to put music into films, you know, so I have that conversation yes. with the producers or yeah. even when I meet artists, you know, I take the role of writing for them, you know, and taking them back seat, you know, just to keep that dream alive because and keep Ron, creating. Yeah, yeah. And, and like Ron's just coming my head all day, all day. So I, I'm even writing in my phone still, but wow. it's like I still just got to get him out some way, shape, or form, you know, especially if I can get paid for it. So you're an artist, you're a creator. When yeah. you can't help but create, that's when you know. Right. You, you know, know what I'm saying? So I think you shouldn't, uh, you know, just fall back on it. You know, if you can find an opportunity to even just release a track and not even necessarily be that front artist on the stage. If you could just put it into a movie or do yeah. some sync licensing deals where you can get paid for what's in your head. <laughs> See, now you're just giving me new things to obsess over and, and get excited about. I'm yeah. telling you, because it it's like the opportunities. That, there's so many websites that you could just submit to for free. You right. know what I'm saying? That can pay you thousands of dollars if this move, if this song gets in this movie. and. Right. Like life changing money, like it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I don't ever try. I try not to do things for money, um, specifically not just because like I want to be a better person than that or anything, but specifically because 
this is a dream and I truly only have this one opportunity to make this dream come true. And I once took a job, a dance job, because it was going to pay amazingly, mm. amazingly well, even though my manager was like, don't do that, you have other opportunities coming. I took it, and then I booked a dream job that mm. I had to, the, an acting job that I had to turn down because I, you know, wanted this I, money. Priority. Yeah, and so I really try not to do that, and not to say that I wouldn't sing on something just because it, it I just, it would have to be that I wanted to create a great song, that I had a passion for, for this music. Or that I just, you know, it was a fun opportunity. I just, I don't want to spend any of my creative talent or any of my precious time doing things just for money. Right, and I didn't mean it in a sense of mm -hmm. just doing it solely for money, but I'm just saying there's a reward you can gain from your labor of making a track. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, yeah. you know. Yeah. So there's opportunities there that can be easily obtained. It's just, I'm just yeah. presenting an opportunity. No, you're right. So. You're right. You just had me going in my head. I was like, oh, I should be recording music. Oh, no. <laughs> she is like your battery. You're, mm -hmm. you're in your head rent-free. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's all good. Now, but that, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. Well, it sounds like things are going well for you. And, um... Ah oh, man, I'm just I'm just trying to think. So, what? Cause you mentioned, you know, when we had this previous conversation about doing things for money. You said that you're working hard to make this dream come true. But from the outside looking in, it looks like it looks your like dream. It's done. Not yeah, like it's mm. done on a certain level. But of yeah. course, even being an artist, you're always creating. There's always something to do. Yeah. So, what what is the the end game for you? Oh, there's so much more to do. For instance, you know, I don't wake up every day and go, oh, I have an idea. Let's make that. Mm -hmm. I'd love that. I mean, I don't think there are many people who do, so that's like a giant, amazing, crazy dream, but why not? Why not shoot for that? Like, someone who might be like that is Oprah. Oprah wakes up, and if she has an idea, she can make that happen. So, I'm not saying that... that so, you want to be Oprah. I, I was get just going to say, I don't, I don't actually think I even want to be Oprah, but I, I want to be able to affects people and create and do that when I want to. And and will I ever be able to, does anyone ever get their full dream? Probably not because then, you know, you would just be done. And that's, I don't think you're ever just done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have so much more I want to do. There are more TV shows, there are more films, there are um, singing projects that would be really fun. I would love to do Broadway. Um, these are all these things that are out there that if the universe aligns and if the timing is right, you know, I'll get to do it. When the universe aligns and when the timing is right. Yes, you're right, you're right. right. Yeah. Okay, well, here, well here's, here's a better question for you because okay. I want to get to an answer to what does retirement look like for you? Wow, I don't think I could ever retire. Mm. I don't, um, because, huh. So I think this might be controversial, but I think a lot of people work to make money and to survive. Mm. Um, they, they have their job and they there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's kind of, I think that's just how most people look at life, that you have your job so that you can then have your free time. Mm. And that's why a lot of people look towards retirement because then I'll have worked so hard that I have all of this time that's just for me. Mm. But I already have that. I, I In what I do, it's, it's playtime. I'm just playing at work most of the time. Not all the time. There are jobs that are like work and that are jobs, but a lot of what I get to do right now feels just like me doing what I want to do and enjoying life. And when yeah, you're happy, yeah. yeah, you don't want to retire. Like you're not on vacation thinking about where you're going to vacation. Mm. 
So to me, that's my goal in life is to live a life that you don't want to retire from. That, that when you're thinking of retiring, that's like the big retirement, the, the, the done with your life kind of retirement. That, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've honestly just never thought of retirement. I, I just want to. I want. I love working. Mm. Well, that's great. I'm. Gl- I'm glad that you're. That you're still working and you're doing. What is your idea of retirement? Oh man. I, I, well, one thing. Shout out to my boy Nathan. He took me to this open house, for this forty-six million dollar property. That is part of it. Okay. <laughs> so something like. But that. you don't have to retire to live in that house, don't you? Want to like live in that house you're and right. like party in that house? You're and, right. You're like right. live in it, not I, retire. I it. want that in the next year. So you know what I'm saying. But you know, for me, retirement, man, honestly, again, I want to live off my passion. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be mm-hmm. able to. Uh, I want to be one of the wealthiest entrepreneurs there is, and I want to put people in positions to do the same. I love that. You know, and um, uh, possibly a family. You know, and um, kicking my feet up on any island that I want. Yeah. And that's it. And the, and the bank account so full, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I have to get another bank but account. But if you were living that life, do you really think you would just sit around and, like, drink, you know, smoothies? Mojitos. On, yeah, mojitos uh, or whatever. Would you really do that, or would you be out there, like, dropping in new tracks and you would still be doing all that you wouldn't retire i would because i love what i do living yeah. off my passion so exactly I, okay well yeah yeah i guess i guess that's not necessarily retirement that's just know? dream that's just like pinnacle of your dream right yeah huh. oh i have plenty of pinnacles of, of dreams i would love you know to have a, a beachfront house and just be able to wake up every morning and hear that beautiful sound and but at the same time that would wake me up to then go and pursue other things, you right. know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just be retiring there. That's a fact, that's a yeah. fact, okay, well, I'm glad, so what, so what, so it seems that like you're a workaholic, what do you do to unwind, you know, what, what, yeah. what is a typical day like for you, like a, a day off? A day off. From um, everything, like dancing, work, uh, acting, reading a oh, script, see, but like, you just, off. you ruined it, because my day off, I love to go dance, because oh, a, a lot sorry. of times, like, I, you know, I'm working and I can't go to the dance classes that I love. And so in a day off, that's my favorite thing to do is go to class. Um, you know, maybe go and get lunch with my girlfriends afterwards, you know, just like relaxing. But I still want to go and, and create and dance. Um, I usually read scripts on my days off. So you basically just can't turn it off. <laughs> Even on um, your day off, I get it, I get it. I, I could. I think I just... I really don't want to. I think what the, I think what I'm realizing is you just have to find something that you really don't want to retire from. That on your days off, that's actually what you want to do. Because when I'm working, like not that today is work, but there are scripts that I'd like to read that I can't because I have to come and do this interview. And um, you know, to this weekend, I've I've got some scripts that I'm going to read and some notes that I can give, and I can get back to people on new projects. Um, and it doesn't feel like work. It honestly feels like um, it just it, things that I want to do. I want to do that. I also relax and I go to the movies and I go to dinner and um, I have game nights. I love game night. That's What's your favorite huge. game to play in game night? Ooh, two games. Depends on the type of person or the type of game night. A big game night. There's a game called Celebrity. Have you heard of it? Uh, kind of, it's kind of like charades, but you got to guess the celebrity. Three rounds. The first round, you have the name, and you can say anything you want except what's on the card mm-hmm. or what's on the piece of paper. Then that goes into a bowl, and the next round, it's all those same names, and you can only say two words. Mm-hmm. And then the next round, all the same names, and you have to charades. You can't say anything. It's mm-hmm. pretty fun. You should play. 
Um, so that game, or Settlers of Catan, which just revealed I'm a very large nerd, which is true. It's all yeah. good, you I'm know. a big nerd. <laughs> I like watching, like, documentaries. That's what I do on my day off, okay. too. I watch documentaries. What's the last documentary you watched? Ooh, okay, I watched the Bob Lazar <laughs> documentary. People who've watched it will know why I'm reacting that way. It was, it was very confusing. Mm. It's about uh, Bob Lazar is a, well, even this is a, you know, debatable statement. Is a physicist, was a physicist, maybe he never was a physicist, um, who said that he worked uh, at Area 51 mm. and he was working on reconstructing um, alien aircraft, that we had nine flying saucers in the, in 1989. Mm. Um, and it's this whole documentary about whether the government wiped his history and tried to pretend like he never existed or whether he is lying, I guess, yeah. um, or just delusional. It's very interesting. You should check it out. I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the, I think it's called the Black Godfather. About I haven't, but I want to. Clarence Avon is a mover and shaker in the music industry, you know, okay. so, and that's, that's pretty much the way he moves is the way I move in the field that I'm in, you know, which mm. is basically connecting people together and then, of course, they take care of you, but it's like you're just connecting people and watching people's dreams come to fruition just yeah. off the, the deal you facilitated or the introduction you made, you know, so. It's a beautiful uh, feeling to do that, isn't it? Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's yeah. like, honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of easy in a sense to where it's like kind of easy work, you know, yeah. in a sense to where you can reap some benefits from it. I mean, you know, because it's like, yeah, I, I introduce you to a producer, you go into a movie, and next thing you know, you put me on an opportunity just because I put you on. And exactly. it just and it just happens like that, you know. Well, well you're dealing with good people. That's, you know? yeah. You Some people are good, all right, good looking. And then just, you know, you just never hear from them again. And you, you so encounter sad. that sometimes, but, you know, you, you know what to look for, you mm -hmm. know. I think it's also, don't ever do it to expecting the benefit and you'll never be disappointed. Just do it because it's like the right thing to do. Like, hey, you're a great actress, you're a great producer, you should know each other, and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, and the truth is, if you if you do that enough, people will remember that and you'll, you'll get your benefits. Absolutely. Um, and then also you're just doing good work for people because I really do believe in, in helping specifically women and women of color and people of color get in this industry. So anything I can do, like you asked for this interview, it's like yes if I can be here I want to be here because we should be helping each other people have been helping each other for a lot of years and for whatever reason certain communities don't reach out and help and we should do it more yeah yeah and I see you uh well you did you do something recently where you were feeding the homeless or yeah. something like that because we're talking so about crazy. helping the community T talk a yeah. little about that oh it, it was such a great opportunity the SRO housing project once a year does this just this big fundraiser and benefit, and they, um, we just, we fed the homeless. And, and honestly, there are plenty of people to work the food line, and so I fed for a while, but at the end of the day, I just hung out with them because they're just people who are not treated as human beings half the time, and you know, you have no idea why they are in that situation, whether it's mental illness or tragedy in the family, or you know, we place a lot of judgments on why people are the way they are, and we just don't know, mm -hmm. um, and you don't know, but, there, but for the grace of God, go I. I right. always say that, and I really believe people need to think about that more often because it's true. Right. You, you're one tiny misstep away from tragedy, and hopefully you've got a community around you that will help you, and if you don't, you might end up in one of these food lines, and you definitely don't want people to look at you a certain way and be disrespectful to you. You're a human being. Right. 
so, you know, we just, we danced. There was a great DJ. We danced with them. We talked. They got haircuts. They looked great. It was mm. really fun. That's awesome, man. It sounds like you should add a humanitarian to the resume. I wish. I would be honored <laughs> to be called that, truly. Well, I'm the first to do it. <laughs> well, you know, um, I don't have any more questions. I just want to thank you for coming on my yeah. show today. This was a tr thank true you. honor. And, um, Here, shall we go live to say goodbye? I mean, yeah, we can. You can do it to however you want to do it. Um, oh, it looked like it was still live, actually. Oh, I oh, don't... 52 viewers. Uh -oh. Okay, okay. We popping, we lit. That's right. <laughs> it's not bad, it's not uh, bad. Speaking of that, where can yeah. the people follow you and, uh, you know, see your lives yes. and the stories you post? Please do. Um, come be part of my social media family. It's Shanti Lowry, S-H-A-N-T-I-L-O-W-R-Y. I really do love to connect with people. I Well, with positive, good, nice people. And yeah, not weirdos. Uh, I will call you out if you start talking trash on my page because it's just not appropriate. We don't need it. Um, I, I don't need it. it. Yeah. You know, sometimes I delete it, but sometimes I think bullies need to be called out because they don't, they just don't get called out very often. And even if you're just doing like a slight jab, like someone posted like, um, who does she think she is under one of my pictures? And mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm the person whose page you came to. That's, that's who I am. So mm -hmm. respect me for that. Um, it's that kind of stuff that I'll definitely always call out because I want my family to be supported and supportive. So Join us, please. Do you think that's a, that before we go out, do you think yeah. that's a distraction to people when they uh, contribute to the nonsense that people tag on their page or write on their oh, page? Oh, interesting. You know, because it's like, I choose to delete it so yeah. I don't get distracted and get caught up in going back and forth with somebody online who I'm never going to see and get to actually get the pleasure to punch him in the Why face. Why are you schooling me right now? <laughs> He's saying. right. He's really right. I'm just being uh, real, so Yeah, you're know. right. Um, I try not to get in any back and forths, but you're right. The minute that you even engage in it, they you have won. the potential of getting into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just start deleting it. So that's probably better. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, yeah. it'll give you so much more peace of mind. And like, I guess for some reason it felt like like being fake if I deleted it. Like I was deleting, um, like I'm trying to make it look like only good things are said and I want to be honest, but I guess you're right that I don't need to be that honest. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your page. You yeah. Know, you do what you want. It's about how you feel about it. Nobody else. Because you know what? Everybody else got their own page, and they probably ain't thinking about yours like that either. So true. You know That's the key. People genuinely do not think about you as much as you think they do. Yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> it be like that. But it is. It is. Once again, thank you for coming through. We're going to say goodbye here first. Thank you Bye. for tuning in to another episode so of Sleepers for Being Here, the podcast. Oh, see these guys. They're always there. My family. My yeah. village. Love you guys. <laughs> Johnny Vegas. Shanti Laurie, stay tuned for more episodes to come. And now we're going to do it here. Again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, the lovely Shanti Lowry. Once again, thank you. Thank it's been you. an honor. It was wonderful. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching. And cut. Uh -huh. And cut. <laughs>